Welcome to the Amity Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Jono. And we are recording Jono's side to the worst advice, best advice episode. I recorded, we did one with uh, my advice last week. That's going to be Jono's turn. Apologies for my voice and my stuffy nose. (laughs) It's been another sick week here. Unbelievable. Like, it's just week four of someone being sick. Yeah. You know? It was finally and, my turn. <laughs> and, well, and mine too. Mm. And so, not being the most fun we've ever had, uh, but... But if we... We'll have to edit out any time I have to blow my nose or <laughs> sneeze or something. <laughs> Hopefully it won't be too distracting. Yeah. How's your day going? How's your week? Mm. Well, it's just a bit... Like, your brain's struggling a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's just been my a brain? Or my, your... my brain. <laughs> no, my brain has just been struggling a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, trying to write and do some things and... You know, just... Yeah. It's just... It is what it is and we will get there. Mm. I just feel like I have a mountain of admin and stuff that I need to do that just keeps piling up, you know. Mm-hmm. We sound really depressing every time we start talking about how much I know. there is I to know. do. It is, like, it's, it's okay, you know. I had so many good comments after Sunday, so I should not, you know, yeah. Sunday services and, mm. like, my preaching somehow is reaching into people. Oh, sorry, being used by the Holy Spirit and, you know, yeah. encouraging and whatnot. And it's been good, you know. Yeah, and we had a encouraging message about the podcast today from someone that was listening. So, appreciate that. And I just had a friend reach out and message me and just say she missed seeing me. And I really appreciated that because I've felt lonely, as I've said. So, just those little messages just help and they're encouraging and... I think, like, you actually have to stop and, and let the encouragement sink in sometimes. Amen. Instead of just acting like there's nothing that's encouraging. <laughs> well, someone messaged me and said, you've been an absolutely fantastic pastor to us today. And I was like, oh, thank you. Yeah, that's I kind. Even, I didn't even tell you, but yeah, all good. But it was to you. It wasn't, yeah, it was yeah, to it wasn't me. To me. <laughs> 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 Great, good for you. So, um, so yeah, so I have a feeling that this message has got this sort of episode's got the potential to be a deep dark hole. Um, I really appreciated the ten questions one because I felt like it was a little bit of sort of almost therapy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of trying to deliberately add something a little bit less. You know, deep and deep and dark into this. I like deep and dark though. I like. I want to know the soul of someone. Like, I want to get down to like really what makes you tick. Okay. But anyway, all right. So, worst advice. Worst advice. I think I've had this in numerous ways, and it's been essentially. You need a bigger platform. You need to make a platform for yourself, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. ministry-wise. I can't 
like this has happened numerous times. You're wasted on such a small church. You should be part of a bigger church. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, and so it's advice. It's that advice which sort of comes in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because that can come across as encouragement. Mm, it's you know? horrible, yeah. horrible advice. Yeah. You know, there's. Okay, one, the size of the church thing. Um, right. <laughs> Christ Sanctuary was probably just over 50 people when we started. Yeah. I don't know. Somewhere it, in there. You know, and it, it got smaller. <laughs> it got smaller uh, before it got bigger. And. And so I got that advice multiple times in my first year, and yeah. I've had it. And I just think, one, it's actually, I find it, it it's discouraging when things are hard. Right. I mean, we were, I still very clearly remember in October 2016, we, we, we had a meeting at one of our elders' house. The treasurer, treasurer was there. And we, we, we picked a date where we would, like, mm. close the church up. You know, so it was... When you're getting, like, oh, you should be at a bigger church. Like, you don't need that playing in the back of your head. Yeah. At all. You right. just You just don't. It's not helpful. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't help you stick your hand to the plow. It's the kind of advice mm. which is just, like, you need to get out of here. And so there's that, and then there's the, you need to increase your platform, and you should be, you know, speaking to more people, you need to promote yourself, you need to, you know, so on and so forth. Hmm. And I think... That's why we started a podcast, right? Totally. Absolutely. Um, we're, we're going big here. We're global, going big. Global podcast. No, I mean... And I think, like, from, from my perspective, there's, you can criticize Christian celebrity culture mm-hmm. and putting people on pedestals, mm-hmm. but then not realize, like, that's a very select group of people for the most part. Like, not everyone's a John Piper or whoever. Right. Right. But you can, at the same time, Make some of those same mistakes. I think there's a lot more pastors out there mm. that disqualify themselves, shipwreck their ministries, and so on and so forth, or just make themselves intolerable to be around mm-hmm. because they're chasing that, even, right. even if they never get it. Right. More that mid level. Yeah. Exactly. Middle class kind of pastor, <laughs> if you will. Totally. Mm-hmm. And they've just got an attitude of self-promotion. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something you have to really be careful about. Mm. Um, I'm trying to last. I'm just... I, it's mm. it's really scary to me. Like, the amount of people... People I went to Bible college with. Yeah. 90-plus percent of them that went into pastoral ministry have already dropped out. Yeah. Um, some might go back, but... Mm. And it's just, it's just a constant thing. Mm-hmm. And so... I think that concerns me. I don't think it's great advice. So I think something that I've done is I've kind of 
one, it was too frustrating almost. Like, if I get asked to push somewhere, I basically nine times out of ten, I say no. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably been a bit over the top, but it's mm. it's been good. Like, it's just like, I want to be present with our people. Like, yeah. end of. Uh, and I think you start getting on the road, you get start getting nice hotels or whatnot, and you start getting extra honorariums and mm-hmm. and things of that, like... I'll say yes to one or two mm-hmm. conference, that kind of thing, a year. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so I think that's been good. And I think self-promotion is just not something you want to do, you know? Like, what are you selling? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just think, like, the, the smaller church, bigger church, like, why is a bigger church in any more need of, shepherding good bible teaching all of that than a smaller church and like i find especially since that advice has a lot has come from a lot of people within new zealand i think that's pretty insulting because the majority of churches in new zealand are tiny are so small and that's what it is like so if you're not able to be there and have steadfastness and like you know, stick to itiveness <laughs> in an mm. ordinary church. Like, what are you even doing? Yeah, I mean, the biggest churches in New Zealand that I would kind of consider something of the tradition that I'm in are about yeah. 500 people in this country. Yeah, and there are not very many of them. And no, and so mm. then you've got a few around the 300 mark, and then it's that's it, you know. I'm pretty confident I could get myself into a thousand-person church in the States without, you know. Well, I'm I'm sorry, because I'm not dissing you, but I'm pretty sure I could get myself in a (laughs) thousand-person platform, okay? It's not that hard. Like, you can just, you know, play the game and you can get there. It's not about that, though. I am playing, though. (laughs) Totally. So, I agree. It's so anyway, advice. I think that's that. I think I've said my bit. You know what that's, I mean? Yeah, I agree though. I think it's interesting how I've when I've heard a few people say things like that to you, it's like they're trying to be encouraging of what they see as like a preaching gift or something. Right. Um. But then what they're telling you is that you're wasting it. In the ordinary Christian life. You know, <laughs> if, if I have a dream and I don't, you know, who knows how long I stay quite sanctuary, you know. Mm-hmm. But I have, like, I mean, part of my dream is that I wind up with, like, a 30, 40 person church in, you know, the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. for, for a few years and yeah. just do that, you know what yeah. I mean? I think that'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah. just re-preach stuff that I've done in the past. <laughs> Look after some cows or something. I don't know. Anyway. Nice. All right. So what about some of the best advice? You said you had a couple pieces. Yeah. Just cheating, but I'll let you. So I want to do a little bit of a common grace one, and it's it's a little bit of a, you know, someone else could actually follow this advice a bit more easily. Mm. And, and And I think it's just an old school way of thinking. And so the the advice is basically this. Mm-hmm. Find someone or find people mm-hmm. that do what you want to do mm-hmm. 
and treat them well, honor their time, and sort of show them respect, and ask them questions, Mm -hmm. and actually listen to what they have to say. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that. And so, that's been a, a classic thing for me. I mean... One of the reasons why I did well at sport is, you know, for the most part, I would, I would just find someone. Like I started a weightlifting club at a school, yeah, by seeking out someone that knew what they were doing and mm-hmm. asking them to help. And I, I think I showed a good level of respect. I, I, I spent myself and another guy. We spent probably fifteen hundred bucks on beer and fish and chips. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just, we would, the, you know, late friend of mine, you know, we would go over, uh, a friend, another friend and I would go over to his house and we would, we, we would show up every time we went to his house, we had a 12 pack of beer. Yeah. It's just, that was like, that was our deal. Mm. And it was, and then we would, you know, we'd go for lunch and we'd buy him lunch. Uh, and and we would train and we would use his gear and we would talk to him and we would learn and that's what we did. Yeah. And it there was just and then it so often had other younger guys just piggybacked on our sort of deal. Occasionally came over and they did not do that. Mm-hmm. And it was I think he recognized that we were respecting him mm-hmm. and that we cared for his expertise mm-hmm. and his years. Mm-hmm. And valued it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to all be money, but it's just yeah. like it's just you know you're not being flippant with the advice that you receive, even if you disagree with it. Just recognize if someone's been doing something a lot longer than you have, they probably know some things. Yeah. Um, so why do you think that's advice that you need to like give out again? That it's not common sense. I don't think I. Well, because it sounds it, like common sense, but I agree. It's people not. Don't do it's it. not common though. <laughs> and so I think a lot of people are just like, well, if I want information, I can get it on Google. I can, you know. And so we don't value. Or I can just go to college. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> University. Sorry. You know, the, the, I mean, it was so funny in this, this um, strength world. Mm. The amount of people that will spend $300 on a special pair of shoes mm-hmm. and won't spend 50 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, buying some dinner or, you know, like a, mm. a token of appreciation for someone. Right. You know, a pair of shoes isn't going to add 20 kilos to your squat. <laughs> you know, but a, a training session with someone might. And it's mm-hmm. a lot cheaper, mm. you know. So, just... so how do you think, like, in the non, because yeah. we're not all strong men, how does that work in the church or, like, in a more weird, normal yeah. workplace? Yeah, it's just, it's, I think you just put it this way. You, you, find, you find someone that does what you want to do. Mm. And you show that you value their time. Mm-hmm. It does, I'm not even saying buy stuff for them. Just yeah. Show, and so that can be that can be in the church. You know what I mean. And a lot of that's really asking questions and yeah. listening, isn't it? Because instead of just being like, you see people, maybe someone wants to be a pastor, right. and they just kind of waltz in 
with all their grand ideas, whether those have been learned at Bible college or seminary or their former church or whatever, or reading a book. Yeah. And they just come in and be like, this, 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 and this, this, and this. And what would be maybe better is to be like, what have you learned? Yeah. Why do you do it this way? How, like, yeah. have you tried it this other way? And what was the result? Like, <laughs> So, I mean, we had this conversation recently, you know what I mean? Where it's just, you know, you just start getting given advice. And it's like, you're not even asking why things are done this way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Goodness gracious me. I don't even want to go down that rabbit trail. <laughs> no. It's, it's just kind of like, I'm, and here's the thing. I'm used to being insulted. Hmm. I'm used to people not listening. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I care a lot less now if people don't take, you know, what I have to say. Um, but I'm also less likely to to seek a lot of people out and be like, "Hey, I got something to say." There is mutual respect there, yeah. right? Like, and if there's mutual respect, mm. then it's it's great. But mm-hmm. it's just like the thing is, what I try to say as well. I say to people, like, I, I said this last night. Someone said to me, man, it's amazing how you know this. And I'm like, I just, and I said, listen, I got that from books mm-hmm. and conversations with people. Mm-hmm. I systematize some of it myself. And there's a little bit of study and work and you start sort of imbibing things. But none of this is me mm-hmm. being, you know, exceptional in any way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? So I said, I'm, I'm just, I'm huge on, I think I'm huge on, this could be, this could be good advice. If I had to give a good piece of advice, <laughs> you know, if I had to give people some advice, mm-hmm. you know, I would say, you know, like for me, I was like, I'm not trying to make people clones of me. Right. You know what I mean? I said we've got yeah. a whole bunch of men and women like mm-hmm. asking for theology books and things like that at church. Mm-hmm. I point them to who I read, not myself. Right. I think that's a very important mm-hmm. thing to do. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, like I could drop dead at any point. Like I'm not, I'm not. So you might as well read a dead theologian instead. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I think yeah, just just mm. it, it should be just show a level of valuing and respect. I mean, for me, it's like there's nothing worse than having a two-hour conversation with someone, and then you realize that like, the only reason they asked you was because they wanted to validate their own presupposition. They have no interest in actually listening to you, mm. and the conversation was worthless the moment you said something different to what they actually wanted to hear. <laughs> Yeah. Happens, it's a hard one. It happens yeah. all the time with young dudes. <laughs> well, in a way, it's like parenting. Yeah. And there's always going to be a level of that, mm-hmm. especially when there's immaturity involved. And that's not the end of the world totally. because they can grow from that. And like just like kids and teenagers grow from those kind of things. But mm-hmm. I think you're totally right. And you're encouraging with that advice... You're encouraging the person that's needing to learn something or wanting to learn something to just do the basics and admit they don't know, they're not the expert, they Mm -hmm. don't have all the information, and to show some humility. 
Totally. And we all need to be there in different ways. There's a few people that I'm just like, I see them, I know they're in town, as I, I'm buying lunch, can yeah. I ask, you know? I think we can all do that, you mm. know? Yeah. Just show that you value someone's time and expertise and, mm. and ask them, you know? I think we found that a lot in like the home study rural lifestyle thing like there's so much that we don't know about animals and gardening and all the things that we're trying to do on our home and we're finding that a lot and you're really i think you're way better at that because i do have this like i don't want to look like an idiot so i get nervous about asking for help but you're like just gonna jump right in and admit like I don't know what I'm doing, but hey, can you help me? <laughs> I'd love to come watch you do this. Or like, can you come help us out? Show us how to do it and we'll make you dinner or totally. we'll buy you whatever. Or, exactly. you know, and you're really good at doing that. And I, it's just a life lesson. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's how the economy works a little bit in rural areas. You know what I mean? Yeah, for just, sure. It does. Yeah. Um, it doesn't work so much in the, in the cities mm. but out here it's just like someone helps you mm. you're gonna help them next time mm-hmm. that's just mm-hmm. how it goes yeah and whether that's like here's mm. a roast for your freezer or exactly. here's some beer exactly. or here's some fresh produce or whatever it is i think it's awesome it's, i love the bartering economy it looks great and, all right and all right let's go down the hall um <laughs> It might not be that much, but best advice. So, I, I honestly, I, I got advice to, to leave a church. Mm-hmm. And I think tied up in that advice was probably a number of things. But about five, it was a number of years ago, and about five people... That I asked, I asked six people. I asked a variety of people. I think mm. probably less than that. I asked six people what they thought I should do. Five of them told me to leave. Mm-hmm. One of them told me I could see it going either way. Mm. And I think there was a "Don't put your family on the altar of ministry" mm-hmm. behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, it's also like there was a really a failure is always an option you know so a lot of people say like failure is not an option i was like no no, no. failure is always an option mm-hmm. and you've got to believe that mm-hmm. um my my favorite philosopher chael sonnen <laughs> and lauren's not a big fan of um he says failure is always the easiest possible option mm. but it's a choice mm. And so I just think we we found ourselves in a situation. Uh, this was in 2014, where I was expected to do a pastoral role, which I don't know if I could have handled for longer than a year. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was a good idea. I don't think it was the right thing. It didn't match our plans. I don't think it was wise. 
For the church or you. For the church or for me. Mm-hmm. And we were not in a great place. Mm-mm. You were not in a great place at mm-hmm. all. Um, you know, so we just suffered a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. You were battling, which we knew would pass, but you were, you were battling fairly significant depression. Mm-hmm. Feeling incredibly alone. Mm-hmm. And it was like, alright, cool, time to, to step up and soul pastor a church of, at the time, 300 people. Mm-hmm. With no real... No support, really. You know, it's insulting, but the reality. You know, and it remains one of the hardest things I've ever done. Mm-hmm. The sense of duty that I had was enormous. Yeah, there's some wonderful, wonderful people. Some of the like mm-hmm. best people I've ever known there. Mm-hmm. I wanted to stay. Mm-hmm. I really, really wanted to stay. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it would be an absolutely terrible idea. Mm-hmm. I still get asked about it. <laughs> and people, because it's amazing when you're getting asked to, to step up mm. and you actually just decide to leave altogether. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a huge shift. Mm-hmm. I think it was for the good of the church. I look back, it was for the good of the church. I think the best... I, 100%. And I think... I bet you 97% of people in that church still, if you ask them, would agree with that. Yeah. But very few people would have agreed with it at the time. I don't think anyone did. No. So, I think it was an incredibly difficult situation. I thought, I'm just getting started out in ministry. And I, I, I genuinely, I don't know. I mean, I've I've had I've gone through some hard things. Mm-hmm. I genuinely question whether that might have been enough to end me a year or two in that situation. I think mm-hmm. it could have. It could have. I think it. I think it really could have killed desire to do. Mm. You know, to do ministry. I think, and I think it would have. I genuinely think it would have been bad for the church. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've shifted theologically mm-hmm. <laughs> since then, so mm-hmm. I don't think I could be pastor of that church yeah. um, as easily. I mean, I think I could do it now. Like if, if if they'd asked me now, like some doctrinal things aside, I feel like I could handle the role absolutely fine. Um, but but in twenty fourteen, no. Well, and back to your and advice about it being, we, like, don't put your family yeah. on the altar of ministry. Again, like, the grace of God, like, I believe the Lord would have sustained us, but I think the road, I don't know what that would have looked like, because I know I didn't have the support that I needed, and... I know because of the path that we did take that that was integral for my walking through that season of depression and coming out the other side and even wrestling with a lot of theology and then having a season of friendship that I desperately needed. So like 
for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was totally. really, 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 really good mm-hmm. that we did what we did. And then for us as a couple, yeah. kind of healing through that um, and being ready for ministry again. Like we needed a, a break. We and needed- it wasn't a break from yeah. any kind of work or hardship. It was just a different kind of hard. Yeah. And so we needed that like adjustment to start having the motivation for ministry again. Totally. Uh, I said in my farewell, you know, I need to sharpen my axe, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, if you're going to chop a tree down, you should spend some time sharpening your axe. And <laughs> I just, I had a blunt axe. Mm-hmm. And it's not good having a blunt axe at the young age that I was at. Yeah. Um, you know, ministry has just been difficult. You know, I've just been thrown into things mm. so much. Uh, you know, like I'm one of those guys who just gets dragged, almost kicking and screaming into into pastoral roles mm. since I was 19, which yeah. is just insane. Mm. You know, I was way too immature. I'm still too. I'm like, I was too. I was too immature for my current job, definitely. <laughs> um, but you know, God's been gracious mm. and. I don't think I've blown anything up, which has been good, but mm. I think it was. Yeah. So how do you view that advice now? Like, how does that play into how you view things now in mm. your life and then how you encourage other men in the church who are serving? I think you just have to wrestle with the fact that failure is an option. I think it's just... And that starting well and ending well, it's going to take work. It's not just going to happen. Mm. And there's going to be multiple, and so I've told this to people, I said there's going to be multiple opportunities for you to get kicked to the curb or pull out or drop out mm. and never want to get back in. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. Like sometimes things don't work out for the best of, best of intentions. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's just like, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm a risky sort of person when I boil down to it. Like I'll try something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes there's no chance of something working. Like, it just, it cannot, and it will not. And, you know, I, I've been offered pastoral roles before, and I'm just like, just, no. Like, it just, this cannot work. In that original situation, what made it difficult was there was a sense of duty. Mm-hmm. I was there. In history. Yeah, I had history. Mm-hmm. I was being put forward as mm-hmm. the man of the hour. And an opportunity for power, if you will. Not that all, yeah. not that, that power is all bad, but it was to have a, a lead pastor's role of that many people at such a young age. Oh, and, and, and start throwing money around. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I will ever make that much money doing my, my job hmm. as it stands. And it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Too bad. That was the wrong thing. I took. I, I basically wound up quitting for half the money. Yeah, yeah. I was that. No, so sad. Like no, we, no. We, we, we halved my salary. Yeah. By moving, um, we didn't pay off the debt that we accrued. Yeah. And like we didn't waste money on anything. Mm. It, it took us, you know, it took us years to to pay that off. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the right decision, and it was <laughs> one of the best things we ever did. 
Uh, yeah. Hashtag and, no regrets on my end, but I know you exactly. bore the brunt of a lot of that. Oh, totally. And you know, I don't care. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I. They invited me back to preach, mm-hmm. in at the end of 2017, and I, I found that, that was kind of therapeutic in a way. Like I just, I didn't bear a woe. It was just, just difficult. You know, just is what it is. Um. So I, I just tell people. I think going back to your question, I just tell people, you know, you need to recognize that failure is an option. Mm-hmm. You need to you need to be willing to work hard, but you know, it's not worth trashing your marriage or your family. Well, that was what my question was more around how yeah. around the yeah. putting family on the altar in ministry. Yeah. How do you deal with that now, and what's your advice towards be, to people now? Yeah. If I can say the one way that I think about this often, it's juggling. Mm-hmm. I, I got this from someone. I, I can't remember who. Juggling bowls. Yeah. And some bowls are made out of plastic. Mm-hmm. And some bowls are made out of glass. Mm-hmm. And you can't let the glass bowls fall in shadow. Mm-hmm. So you have to prioritize them. So I think, you know, much of my last five, six years has been choosing what I fail at Mm -hmm. and really going back to that decision that we made what am I going to fail at Mm -hmm. um and that's that's been helpful like just so you're making priorities you're making choosing what your center is and you're actively planning to be healthy Mm -hmm. um is that too vague a little bit oh I mean I I mean, knowing knowing what we've been through in the last six years or so, like there there's so much we could say about that topic. But like, I'm, how would you, how do you talk to other men who want to be pastors or who are seeking to serve? And you either see them starting down that road of like. Forgetting their families a little bit, or maybe their wives are just concerned that it will happen. Because <laughs> oh. I think it is a concern when you go into, especially pastoral ministry. Yeah, well, I, I just think you have to earn trust and you have to hold trust. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not even going to say anything encouraging. It's just like <laughs> you, you've got to be blatantly mm. honest and straight up. Yeah, you have to earn trust and you have to you have to hold trust. Mm. There's there's a capital there. And you have to recognize that failure is an, is an option. And um, I don't think I would do this without your support. Yeah. It just is what it is. What do you, how, I mean, you've been in privy to a bunch of these conversations with people. I mean, how do you, is there anything that you could add? Hmm. Resilience for from both a husband and a wife yeah. is essential. Totally, but yeah. that's not always going to be there to the same level totally. in both spouses. Yeah, and, and so there's I think there is a a, a reassessment that happens totally. continually, if you will, or throughout mm-hmm. the year, or throughout the years, mm-hmm. and you're going to go through seasons where it's not quite quite there, but we've had periods of time where we have to pull back on something or reevaluate something um 
and then it's also what season we're in like with little kids like you've alluded to this before in the episode like it's not worth you being an absentee father no like you've never been like well it's great if the church succeeds but you know it's okay if my kids never see me and all that kind of stuff like that's never been your philosophy um, and I, I've known, I, I remember in Bible college, I knew someone who was quite the proponent for like, pretty much you just drag your kids along to absolutely everything, you know, that you're involved in and you just do, you do everything as a family. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's how it was going to be kind of at first, like mm-hmm. that you do absolutely everything as a family and then you actually have a baby and you realize that babies need naps mm-hmm. and like and sleep schedules and like you can't go to home group and you can't drag your baby everywhere, <laughs> you know. And it's like I've got numerous people that have just been like, Hey, where's your wife? And I'm like, <laughs> Nah, here she does enough. <laughs> and, and I did like it was easier with one, I will admit, than it yeah. is with three. Now that got three it's just, <laughs> and it's just gonna be a season, you know? For sure. And that's how I'm viewing it and like I do what I can when I can and I'm not I for me my conviction with my children as their mom is that if I'm gonna sacrifice their health and their sleep patterns and our whole like you working together as a family day to day you know just so that I can like say that we all went to this like evening function or Mm -hmm. whatever it's just not that's not a sacrifice I'm willing to make on the no. regular. So, I think you do a good job. Yeah. So, value people's time. Yep. And, you know, failure is an option. Don't put your family on the altar of ministry. Kind of, that's been my best advice. And worst advice is expand your platform and <laughs> find a bigger church. <laughs> yeah. Fun. Nice. Good. We'll uh, have to revisit this episode in a few years. <laughs> oh. We're still going. <laughs> we'll still be talking about it at the kitchen table, at least. <laughs>